Welcome to Hub City Homers. This is episode number 65. Uh, my name is Jack, and I'm going to be doing a uh, just me and Reed tonight. Uh, we're just going to be handling it between the two of us. And uh, we're going to be touching on the uh, Kansas State loss, the West Virginia loss. And then we're going to do a very, very quick basic intro preview on the LSU Tigers for the Big 12 SEC challenge that's this weekend uh tech travels to baton rouge to play lsu it's one o'clock p.m tip on espnu um but first uh we got to get into the we got to get into the bad um we're gonna go ahead and just start in chronological order so we're gonna start uh with the kansas state game past saturday uh kansas state wins by 10 final score 68 to 58 um, Texas Tech had a lead in this one at half, 33-28, to 28, before being outscored 40-25 to 25 in the final half of play. Um, your leading scorers uh, for Tech, uh, Pop Isaacs and Davion Harmon, each had 13. Um, O'Banner had 9. Tyson had 8. Dawes had 6. Bacho had six, and Walton had three. Um, Fardaz IMAX starting in this one, uh, only getting 19 minutes of run. Uh, Bacho came off the bench, had 20 minutes of run. Um, the same things are starting to happen every game now. We're getting into the point where it's we've seen enough basketball in conference to where um, it's very easy to identify what the problems are. Uh, problems are, as usual, your three-point defense and uh, the fact that you're not being able to close games when being up. Uh, Tech led by as much as eight in the second half. I believe that was with about 13 minutes left. Uh, Tech led by eight in this one uh, on the road. And um, all of a sudden, I believe they were outscored um, like it was something ridiculous. It's something like thirty-two to thirteen for the rest of the game, uh, which is just absolutely absurd. Um, and this one, uh, Keontae Johnson had fifteen for Kansas State, and uh, Marquise uh, Noel had twenty-three. Um, both of them shooting ten free throws each. Um, Johnson had eleven rebounds. Noel had eight rebounds and five assists and also went four of 11 from deep. Um, Reed, let's just jump into this. Um, this one hurts especially because this felt at, I don't know about you, uh, I was watching it, um, 13 minutes left in this game and I'm feeling like it's very possible this team has finally, I'm thinking in my head, this is finally two good halves of basketball. Um, they limited Kansas State defensively in the first half to only score 28. Um, but like I mentioned, this is just something that has continued to happen, and it's and it's Texas Tech losing leads in the second half. Um, do you think it's something as simple as the halftime adjustments aren't being made, or... Is it something completely different that we're just not seeing at this point? You know, to to a certain extent, it almost seems like there's uh, not any adjustments being made, or maybe to an extent there there are being ones made, but they're not the right ones. Because um, I mean, honestly, I think this game. Um, I watched the majority of this one, and this felt like one of the better played games we've had, and quite some time, uh, at least for the first, you know, 80% of it until we kind of fell apart down the stretch. Um, it, it, like you said, it kind of seemed like we were starting to figure it out and then the wheels just fell off like they have way too many times previously. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of weird to see uh, Adam's coach team do this, uh, especially defensively. Um, <clears throat> I will say this was one of our better – defensively played games, I would say, at least in recent memory this year. But um, just 
kind of going back to what you said earlier with the three-point line, I feel like even watching last night, we just every time I looked and West Virginia had the ball, they were taking a three with you know somebody that was six plus, six feet plus away from them. And I don't know if that's just a lack of people just not wanting to play defense or if we changed schematically because we got a different built team this year than we did the last three to four years or what it is. But um, it just doesn't seem like they're producing the same on that side of the floor uh, in years past. And I think that's where your true demise has been because uh, we've had offensive problems for a while. And, you know, to an extent, we've been good enough most of the time to play through that because uh, our defense has been so good. But this year, um, you know, I don't know the metrics or anything on what we stand at defensively and statistics, but I, it does not seem like we're anywhere near the top and, you know, where we've, where we've been previously in the last few years at all. So <clears throat> I think that's been a huge problem. And obviously that's something Adams has to figure out as the defensive guy. But um, if we could just figure out to win, a way to win one game, I think that would make a, a huge, you know, kind of jump for this team. But the problem is at this at this stage, I think it's way too late to even try and salvage much of um, kind of a good year, to even be honest with you. I think even if you, like, went on a tear down the stretch, it still wouldn't be classified as a good season. So uh, it's tough to see, um, you know, kind of just where we've been uh, the last five years or so. But at the end of the day, you got to kind of look at the rest of the Big 12, in my opinion, and kind of see where everybody else's program is at because, I mean, there's only really one to two other schools, maybe like West Virginia and Oklahoma State, where I feel like they weren't really considered to be uh, outstanding uh, coming into the year. I mean, TCU had a huge nu- nucleus coming back. Kansas is always good. Baylor is always good. Um, and you can go down the list. Uh, Iowa State had a, big, a good nucleus coming back. So I think it was just – I don't think people really wanted to um, point it out this way, but I, I do think it was going to kind of be a down year more than people wanted to realize. But um, I didn't think it would be this bad at the same time either. So um, just kind of going back to your point, though, with the, the adjustments, um, I don't know if it's just their players aren't receptive to what's getting coached to them or – if Adams just has a group that he just doesn't know how to coach uh, to an extent. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we can do at, at this stage. But, um, yeah, I don't, I really don't know what to expect at, at this point anymore. I think we're at the point um, – I don't know if it really happens after this, after this Kansas State game, but I think it definitely can be talked about after the West Virginia game. Um, kind of just wondering if – this locker room is so beyond repair right now. Um, we've all heard rumors coming out of this program. Um, they started back right at the at the beginning of Big 12 play. Um, and they're not good. Um, some of them are a little outlandish. Uh, some of them not so much. Um, I understand that Reed made a very good point in what he just said, um, that there's, for years, we've struggled offensively, and usually our defense is good enough that we cover it up, or at least it's a wash nonetheless, and then we make enough big-time plays in certain spots and we win games, um, you're looking at a team that has no clue what it's doing on defense or offense right now. Um, I think it really becomes apparent to me in this second half uh, of Kansas State that this offense, you're going to rely on a, a one or two guys to be shooting white hot from the field to even keep you in ball games, And when those people are not performing, um, are not hot from the floor... Um, it's just not going to happen. Um, I want to, I want to talk to you, Reed, before I get into, you know, kind of the bigger, uh, point of the program and we'll touch on it after the West Virginia recap. But, um, I have in front of me the box, the box score from the Kansas state game. And it's something that I found very, find very interesting. Um, 
Tech only used four subs uh, in this game. Uh, Bacho, Washington, Walton, and KJ Allen. Walton and Allen were on for seven minutes and four minutes, uh, respectively. Bacho was on for 20, and Lamar Washington was on for 15. Um, your starters played a majority of this game. O'Banner played 36 minutes. Pop had 34 minutes. Tyson, 35. Harmon, 30. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Every single starter other than Fardaz put up more than 10 shot attempts. Um, O'Banner went 4 of 12 from the field. Isaacs went 4 of 16 from the field. Tyson, 3 of 12 from the field. And Harmon, 5 of 16 from the field. Three of Pop's four, uh, three of his four makes from the field were from three. O'Banner went 0 for 5 from the line. Um, well, what I'm getting at there, out of the 71 shots, only seven of those were taken by non-starters. So your starters took, you know, 64 shots in this one. And um, you take away eight more from Fardaz, that's, you know, 50... Uh, you know, it's 58 or 56-ish, 56 shots in between um, in between the four of those guys. That's that's quite a bit of, uh, that's 56 shots and only making 16. That's really not good. I'm going to run the math on that real quick. And that's like, what is this? It's 26% from the field from your guys taking 90 per, 90 to 95% of your shots. That's really not good. Um, at some point, you have to start thinking about running something, trying something new. Um, and this will all tie back in on, on the recap, but what Tech's doing on offense is not positive. You've had back-to-back seasons where you've brought in guys that are supposed to take over the offense and take it to this new level of play. Peary didn't work out, and again, some of those rumors around why he left already after one season, whatever those, if those are true, whatever. Um, I've said this multiple times on this podcast, and I, and I have to say it again. Um, Steve Green used to coach at South Plains College, and South Plains College, I'm, I'm from Midland, and South Plains College plays Midland College. Um, I used to go to the games, um, ironically, when Grant McCasland coached at Midland College and uh, before he moved on to where he is now at North Texas. And um, I used to go to those Grant McCasland and Steve Green games uh, at Midland College when South Plains would come down. Um, this what I'm seeing is not a Steve Green offense. Um, this is not struggling to score 55, 60 points in a game is not a Steve Green offense. Um, if you have any free time, uh, I would encourage you to kind of look up some film on Steve Green offense. Um, this is not what you're, and you'll find out very quickly. It'll take you about two to three minutes of watching film that what you're seeing on Saturdays and uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Uh, is not what Steve Green runs, and it's not remotely close. Um, we'll touch back on this in a bit. Um, Reed, I will say one thing. Um, we talked, Kendall and I had talked about uh, last episode before when we were previewing Kansas State about how Lamar Washington's minutes had dipped uh, severely. Uh, this one, he plays 15 minutes, but he kind of struggles to get into the game. Do you think that Tech, even with uh, Fardaz being back, at least for this one he was, um, 
do you think Tech is still kind of struggling to find that sixth man off the bench, even though I guess you could really kind of say Bacho and Fardaz are kind of interchangeable there. But if we're still talking, quite frankly, who who else can we get to step up? I mean, if you're getting a guy coming off the bench and he's playing 15 minutes, he goes over one from the field with a rebound and two assists. Um, a lot of his stats don't show up. Like, cause, like when he gets into the dirty areas and uh, tough plays, playing good defense. Um, I'm a big fan of Lamar Washington. I think he's, he, I think he's one of the better players on this team. Um, but to you, Reed, when you look at it from this this position, do you think Lamar Washington is that solid sixth man, or do you think that Tech is still kind of looking uh, in other directions or, or for other people at this point? Yeah, I, um, he does come off the bench, and he, he probably is your first option off of the bench most times. Um, I don't know if I necessarily classify him as our sixth man, simply because I refer to as a sixth man as somebody who can come in and put up just as good of stats as your starters can. Um, and in most instances, I don't think Lamar necessarily gives you a lot of stats. Um, I think he's he's better player in terms of the eye test rather than he is in, in the stat sheet. Um, by that, I mean, he, I feel like he's a better um, and smarter player at the top of the key most of the time um, than, than Davion Harmon at times. Davion's got more, more ability to score and uh, get up and down the court right now. Uh, but I, I do think Lamar is a good passer. He's um, good defensively. He's got quick hands and, uh, I think he gives you a lot in terms of the d- defensive side of the ball. I-, I think anybody would probably tell you he does lack offensively in terms of being able to score. Uh, right now, obviously, he can he can improve upon that as time goes on. But um, I, he, I guess he probably is your sixth man. But at the same time, I don't really want to classify him that as that either. But if you really look into it, he's really the only one that's played – I don't even want to say like considerable because there's been times he's hardly played in games, but he's the only one that's played consistent minutes off the bench. But, um, you know, I think Kern Walton obviously has played a ton of uh, college basketball. I mean, he played, he was hit in, in, in the national title game last year with North Carolina against Kansas. So, um, and he averaged, I don't even remember what percentage from three point range last season uh, in, in the ACC. So, you know he can give you something. Uh, he's shown flashes. He's played more recently, which is good to see. Um, I know he does lack defensively to an extent, I think, but uh, at some points you got to kind of pick your poison, and if you can get a sharpshooter in there and get some threes uh, out of the gate, then, and uh, at times I don't think that's really going to be an issue, especially in the boat we're in right now. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to hurt to play more guys um, and give these guys some more minutes. Same with Elijah, Elijah Fisher. Um, he's got a lot of raw potential. He's definitely not refined by any means. Um, based off of what I've seen, he kind of his motors going a hundred, and sometimes it's it's good, and other times it's not so good. So um, I think uh, Lamar kind of fits in that role just a little bit too. But at times he's a little bit more controlled uh, with the ball in his hands. But yeah, there's really, I, I guess you could go. I guess you could go um, Lamar, but again, there's just really not been one consistent guy. I mean, if you look at the years in the past, we've had the the Naeem Stevensons, the uh, I can't remember who came off the bench last year. It kind of rotated around whether well, just you know Davion Harmon or TJ Shannon, whoever it was. We had we had options to score off the bench, and uh, you know I think part of the problem is is with our starting five is. Um, there's not even a guy in our starting five right now who I would say, man, if I need to get a bucket, I'm going to give the ball to this guy right now and let him go score. We don't, we just don't have that. And on, on starting five, we're coming off the bench. Like we just, we just don't have it right now. Um, and I think that's another issue that we've been having this year. Uh, obviously we've had a couple guys get hot at times. Um, it's kind of rotated around uh, a few of them, but again, there's not been one guy that's really been key for us to, uh, go and get points and, and count on every single night. So, um, 
it's it's hard to really kind of look at the roster when it, it kind of changes uh, game to game in terms of who's getting play time. Uh, obviously, the starting five is playing a lot of minutes, but outside of that, it's really just a guessing game because it seems like it's different every time. Um, whether guys uh, did good previous in the previous game or or not, it's been kind of different every game. So I don't know if uh, Adams is wanting to try and use bench guys and for for matchups or if he's going off of how they looked in practice or. Uh, what kind of effort he sees them putting in or, or, you know, what kind of factors he looks into. But I, I definitely think that's hurt us quite a bit, not having uh, a good bench, to be honest with you, in terms of output on the stat sheet. Because, um, I mean, Bacho started the majority of the year, but I think if Fardaz was healthy, that wouldn't have been the case. But Bacho is definitely not a scoring threat by any means, I would say, either. So. Uh, it's it's really just kind of a revolving door in that six-man role right now, I would say, if that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, you're, you're missing guys. Uh, you, you touched on a great one, Naeem Stevenson. I, I think another one that comes to my mind is, uh, is Brandon Francis um, on that national championship team. Um, you, you're missing a guy like Brandon Francis that can come off the bench and can get buckets and play solid defense. Um, I don't want to be the one to say it, but I, I'll go ahead and say it. Um, this team lacks leadership quite a bit. And, um, you know, two guys that you would really love to have right now that you don't, um, are Terrence Shannon Jr. and Kevin McCuller. Um, both were, uh, leaders, both stepped up on their respective ends of the floor. Um, but obviously, um, all good things must come to an end at some point. Um, we'll move on to the West Virginia game. Tech loses this one by 15 at home, 76 to 61. Again, you're in this game kind of at half, uh, 33 to 28, five points down at half. Um, full disclosure, I did not watch this game. Um, I just couldn't do it. I, uh, I wanted to kind of see if I was the bad luck charm and if I had to sit out and not watch games for them to win, um, that's fine. Um, it's safe to say I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. And, um, I think in this one, obviously, um, you know, you cover your bases here. Um, pop getting hurt is not a good, not a good thing. Um, you did, however, play your subs quite a bit in this one. Uh, Robert Jennings had uh, 14 minutes on the floor. Elijah Fisher had 15 minutes on the floor. Uh, Kerwin Walton had 14 minutes on the floor. Um, however, again, you see guys' minutes like Lamar Washington dip back down to five minutes. Uh, Demarion Williams only had five minutes. Um, K.J. Allen had eight. Um, but... Tyson goes for 33 minutes. O'Banner played 30. Harmon played 30. Bacho had 28 minutes. Um, and again, no disrespect to anyone, um, but our guys down low looked like rag dolls. And, and the stuff that I saw, uh, our guys just got bullied down low. Um, there is some things to be said about ebbs and flows of games. Um, when there are 48 fouls called, in a 40-minute game, um, it's really hard to get any flow going whatsoever uh, for either team. Um, O'Banner ended up with 20 points and 8 rebounds. Um, Davion Harmon had 14 points. Um, but you gotta get you got to get scoring from everyone in this league. And uh, when you have starters uh, go for 6 points, 4 points... Um, two points. Uh, I understand that Pop got hurt, so he wasn't going to really light up the score sheet or anything. Um, but in this one, it just it seemed like it was there at one point, and then you kind of you kind of lost it again. Um, I believe that's the third straight game that Tech has allowed forty point more than forty points in the second half. Um, it could be more. I, I honestly, it could be more. Um, 
But in this one, West Virginia sh- went 10 of 35 from three. Um, they shot 35 free throws as a team, which is absurd. Um, tech defense, this the stat sheet I think is kind of a little deceiving here because from what I did watch, I watched bits and pieces uh, today on a replay, and um, West Virginia turned the ball over 19 times. Um, so it's not like uh, the defense wasn't working at times, but I mean, from what I saw, it just kind of could like the effort really wasn't there, which to me is absurd. Um, you haven't won a game in Big 12 conference play. There's no way that you should be getting out hustled and outworked. Um, but the rebounding total is very skewed. Um, you know, when you get out rebounded by 17, that's a little that's a little absurd. They had 19 offensive rebounds, which is crazy. Um, they had more offensive rebounds than Tech had defensive rebounds. If that tells you anything. Um, but let's get into this. Uh, Reed, you watched this game, and I pretty I try to touch on pretty much all the big parts. Um, what did you think of the performance? What did you think of, uh, you know, the body language from the team, um, lack of coaching adjustments, you know, what did you see in this game, uh, that kind of worries you other than the fact that it seems to be the same mistakes being made over and over? Yeah, again, I think kind of going off of the Kansas state game, I thought for the first 25 seconds of the shot clock we played really good defense um and then it, when it came to them throwing a shot up we could not get a rebound and save our life and um, that kind of really just made made all the difference in the game in my opinion um we were getting worked on the glass i know a lot of balls it seemed like took a lot of uh funny hops off the rim and the backboard but i mean that can only you know take you so far um we just got word down low. Like, that's just really what it boiled down to. I could tell we didn't have AMAC. Uh, I know AMAC's not, I wouldn't say, incredibly athletic, like in terms of vertical and getting up and down the floor right now because of his injury. But he's uh, still a big body down low that can, you know, kind of move some weight around a little bit and get the rebound. And uh, Bacho and Jennings were just kind of getting tossed around, it seemed like, to an extent. And um, I, mean, I mean, the refs were bad, but uh, they they killed us on a few possessions. But at the same time, I think they helped us on some more or on a few possessions as well. So I think they were bad both ways. I mean, I was telling Jack earlier in, in the second half when I was watching, literally in the first three minutes of game time, we had 10 total team fouls uh, between the two squads. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how anybody's supposed to get in a rhythm or a flow of a game when you're calling that many fouls. I mean, right out of the gate in the second half, there's just no way there's that many fouls that quickly. Um, so that was that was a, another, you know, kind of a pitfall of that game. But again, kind of down the stretch, um, when stuff started to not go our way, it was a, you know, it was a six point lead for West Virginia, and then it built up to eight and ten, eleven, and then. You know, just kind of snowballed. Um, I think I could kind of sense our team getting a little deflated once it started getting towards 10. And, you know, once it was that, at that point, they just couldn't stop the bleeding anymore. Uh, just kind of like too many times before. Um, it's been it's been the same script almost every game, really. Just kind of like what we've been talking about. And it's, it's hard to watch. But um, at the same time, I'm hoping these guys can – kind of see what the issue is and get something corrected to, you know, kind of get something positive out of the year. But, um, I mean, if you look into it, you're, you're playing a bad LSU team Saturday. Um, they probably think you're bad too, but uh, at the same time, like they, they haven't done anything. They've been getting blown out of the water in the SEC by almost everybody. Uh, they got one win against Arkansas right now, but outside of that, they've looked pretty bad. So, um, I, I, at least when I was telling Jack, I mean, at least we've looked competitive in almost all routings minus a couple. Uh, so I think we've, we've, we've been good at staying in the fight. It's just the, the problem of 
not being able to get over the hump down the stretch for whatever reason. I don't know what it is about us uh, not being able to close out games, but um, I think part of that just alludes to kind of what I was saying earlier. We just don't have a guy that we can give the ball to and let him go score. We, I mean, we don't have Jarrett Culver. We don't have Jamias Ramsey. We don't we don't have a guy that fits that mold right now. So, uh, and especially with uh, pop out Saturday, most likely I'm assuming I'm not heard anything about him. Um, on his injury, but you know, after watching him go down, I can't really imagine he's going to be back uh, for the immediate future. Um, not really sure what AMAC status is either, but I would probably would be willing to bet they're going to rest him as much as needed at this point. I don't think there's any any reason to rush either one of them two back um, if we're not winning games here pretty quick. But um, I, it, w- it was good to see. Yesterday, with with the roster and the the uh, pop injury, may have kind of pushed this along, but it seemed like we were willing to play more of our bench players longer minutes. Um, kind of what uh, Jack alluded to: Robert Jennings played double digit minutes for the first time in a while, maybe ever this season. I don't really know his um, minute average per game, but um, I know it's not been around fifteen or you know whatever he played last night by any means. So. Um, you know, at this point, you might as well throw in your guys off the bench and see what they can do. Uh, there's there's not really any reason to keep the same five guys in the whole time because it's obviously not producing results we want. So, um, yeah, again, it, it was hard to see last night that we – it seemed like we just kind of stopped fighting. It, I mean, I think the building could sense it too. And it was a smaller crowd there than normal last night, but it was still louder than I would say probably – 75% of most arenas in the nation. So it's not like it was a terrible crowd by any means, but um, it was it was definitely loud enough, and we had to place rocking when, when the tip went off. And once that uh, that downward spiral kind of came uh, three-fourths of the way in that, in that second half there, it, it really kind of took the air out of the building, I could tell. And it seemed like the, the teams sensed it and the fans did at the same time. So it wasn't, wasn't pretty again, but – you know, at this point, what can you do? So um, I'm just hoping we're able to kind of salvage something out of this weekend maybe and get something turned the right way. Yeah, I agree. And and not to look too far forward, but um, to be quite honest, um, we need to start having discussions about looking forward on this schedule and trying to identify um, a win. Um including your game against LSU this weekend, four out of your next six games are against ranked opponents. Um, you host Iowa State on Monday after um, the LSU game. Um, then you go down to Waco uh, Saturday, then the following Wednesday after that, you're at uh, Oklahoma State. Um, then you're back at home for Kansas State and Texas right around valentine's day um those are all tough games i think i think oklahoma state is beatable um i really hope that we don't show up the game after lsu against iowa state and get 30 pieced again at home on national tv that one's on espn2 um that would hurt big time. Um, but I want to kind of go back and touch on what uh, you said there, and I, and I thought it was a really good point. Um, what you're doing obviously isn't working. And there is absolutely no reason uh, why guys on this bench should not be getting more playing time. Um, I really like the fact that Jennings played 14 minutes. Uh, granted, that's probably a lot of it due to uh, – IMAC being out, um, Elijah Fisher getting 15 minutes, Kerwin Walton getting 14. Um, granted, like 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 you mentioned, Reed, um, a lot of this is probably due to injury. Um, if Pop doesn't get hurt, Elijah Fisher probably doesn't get 15 minutes. Um, Elijah, I mean, and we're getting to the point to. Um, you know, there's some news out today, um, and this is the stuff that I hate about uh, with what college basketball is becoming. Me personally, I hate it. Um, 
but um, we have to look on kids' social media pages to see how they're feeling. Uh, today, Elijah Fisher uh, removed all of his um, all of his you know ties to tech from his Instagram page. Uh, wiped it clean of all tech stuff. So um, you got to be thinking that he's probably not too happy with what's going on. Um, it's to be expected. Um, but like I said, uh, you, you start giving these kids on the bench some run timer, you're going to be right back where you were um, before this season started. And it's with no roster. And you don't have Kevin O'Banner coming back ne- next time. Um you, you you probably have Jalen Tyson, um, maybe. Um, Davion Harmon can come back if he wants to. He has one COVID year left. Um, you have a couple of pretty good kids coming in. You have a transfer from Georgia coming in who's pretty, pretty highly touted. Um, but um, I, th- I think it's about time that these kids start getting a lot of run time in the game. Um to try and to honestly, if nothing else, to try and keep them on this roster. That's what we're starting to look at right now, at least in my mind, is roster retention. And um, who knows? We should probably be talking about coaching retention also. Um, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, quick look up. We'll do a quick look ahead now to LSU, and then we'll kind of end on how we're feeling about uh, looking forward. Um, LSU is, uh, well, they're not very good. They're 12 and eight on the year. They're one and seven in conference play in the SEC tied for last place with Mississippi state and Ole Miss. Um, they won their opening game hosting Arkansas number nine, Arkansas at home, uh, by a score of 60 to 57. Since then they have lost seven straight games. Um, they lost, by 50 points to Alabama uh, not too long ago. Uh, They lost, and like I said, Reed mentioned it, uh, these guys have been getting blown out of the water as of late. Um, They're a very one-dimensional team. Um, K.J. Williams is their guy. He's a forward, uh, averages 17 points a game uh, and about seven rebounds a game. Um shoots at 50% from the floor. Um, he leads them in all major statistical categories other than assists. Um, so you should pretty well know what you need to do in this game and it's limit KJ Williams. Um, they're not apt to very good defense either. They've given up 60, 77, 67, 106, 67, 69. So they're right in that low 70s, high 60s range, other than when they got 50-pieced by Alabama on the road. Um, Reed, I think this is a very winnable game. (sighs) Maybe third time's the charm with me saying that, because I said it about OU at home, and I also said it about West Virginia at home. Um, And I don't think I was wrong in that in saying that they were very winnable games, but uh, I really think that this is a game that you can win. Um, They're struggling. We're struggling. This is two teams. One of team has lost seven in a row. The other team's lost eight in a row. Um, Both last in their conference. Um, I'm shocked that this is on TV. I really thought that they would push this one to ESPN plus. And I think that if they hadn't already committed to it being on ESPN, U, they probably would. Um, Reed, is this really? I mean, I feel like it's a winnable game. Do you share the same sentiment as that? Like, I mean, I feel like, I mean, it's it's a great time to end a end a losing streak. You only have to win one to end that losing streak. Yeah, I mean, I would uh, I would like to think this is a this is a winnable game. Um, I would say normally. Uh, having him at home at home would help, but obviously that hadn't really mattered this year with uh, the way we've been losing games. It's been the same script home and away. So, um, I mean, if, if you look past this game, you, you kind of scratch your head and wonder 
when your next opportunity is to kind of have a game and say, uh, I, I feel confident we can win that game in, in the Big 12. I mean, uh, it's just just what it is. It's the conference you're in. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, we're on a slide right now, and so is LSU. So something's got to give. Somebody's going to win the game, so might as well be us at this point. Um, and you got, I mean, if you really look into it, they got one guy that kind of carries them. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, obviously you're probably going to be without Pop, possibly without Fardoz. I'm not really sure what's going on there again, but um, somebody's going to have to kind of step up to the plate and do something. Um, I was talking to Jack earlier, and I, I mentioned that Kevin O'Banner kind of stepped up last night and kind of scored it at the level I, I would kind of consider him um, kind of what, th- what I would have thought he would be doing every night um, for us this year. But uh, it's going to take a team effort, and again, hopefully they, they rotate the roster around like they did last night and let some other guys play. And, uh, I mean, at this point, you just kind of see what happens and look into retaining some roster like Jack was referring to, because at this point, I think you're playing for the future. Um, you, you're not playing for a whole lot in the present anymore, other than seeing what you can, you're going to have to uh, to build upon for uh, the next few seasons. So I would just look to, uh, I mean, play with your pants on fire, I guess, to put it, put it politely, I guess. There's really nothing to lose uh, at any point. And obviously, if you go in there and lose, that doesn't look very good, but You've already lost eight in a row, so, um, I mean, just go in there and act like you're going to win and see what happens. Having played, you know, sports growing up, and I'm, I'm a real firm believer that it only takes one. It only takes one win to uh, to get off the side, and, and I think that that's true for any team in any sport. Uh, you find yourself on hard times, you know, it just takes one win. And then after that, you know, who knows? I'm not saying, obviously, in saying that beating LSU means we're going to go on a tear and win out and finish conference, you know, 10 and 8 and, you know, contend for a bubble bid. Um, I, I, I don't think that happens. Um, you still have to play at Kansas. Um, you still have to play at Baylor. Um, granted, you get some teams at home that you that you like. Um, you, you get Oklahoma State at home. You get TCU at home. You get Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State at home. Um, there are only one, two, three, four, five home games left. Um, and I guess we have eleven games left. So we're we're right. You know, we're coming down the stretch here. Um, and like I said, um, I'm going to kind of look, I mean, we're going to look ahead a little bit here. Um, it's really interesting because I have this pulled up on ESPN. And for those of you, obviously, you're not seeing what I'm seeing on my screen. But um, if you've ever looked on ESPN, like on a, on a, laptop um it shows how low the tickets are like if you're gonna like buy the tickets through Ticketmaster or whatever and uh you can go to the game against iowa state on monday at 8 p.m uh for three dollars if you would like to go um it's funny how just how fast and how far you can fall um in this sport. And I think, I think we're seeing that very, uh, very well firsthand. Um, but as I mentioned, I, I think that I truly think that once a year, there's a game that pretty much every single big 12 team, uh, wins that they really have no business winning. And, um, there are plenty of opportunities coming up for this team. Um, I want to talk, I want to ask you kind of, on another note, Reed, uh, just kind of speaking in general about the team. Um, this team, like I said, um, to be quite blunt, um, this team isn't very good. Um, I think you you hit the nail on the head perfectly uh, when you said that they just don't have the guy. They don't have a guy. They don't. 
Um, I think that um, they don't have a guy on offense. They don't have a guy on defense. They don't have three players that really want to play defense. Um, and I think that that uh, whatever's going on in this program is very, uh, it's very interesting because it's happened so fast. Uh, just a downfall, and it, and it's gone from it's gone it's ramped up so quickly and um our staff talked about you know when when all those rumors came out and what what we thought of it and how accurate we thought they were and some of them were downright just outrageous but um some of them were somewhat believable and the one that i heard and that's the only one that i'm going to give um any any fruition of right now um is the fact that we we were heard that um, that Luke Adams was running the offense and it wasn't Steve Greed. Um, we heard about um, we heard that no one was enjoying the offense because it wasn't working, and um, they were refusing to let Steve Green run uh, the offense because it was too time intensive and they wanted the team to focus on defense. Um, in my mind, I kind of think that's what happened with Peary. I think they brought him in to run offense, and I really don't think that he ever got the chance to run his offense um, because last year's offense was bad too at times. Um, I think the one game that you really saw his offense come out was the opening game of the tournament where we put up like 97 points. Um, I, I think that that was a huge... That was probably most of Peary's offense, and it worked really well. And um, unfortunately, I think that was really the only time you saw it last year. Um, this year, I don't really know what's happening on the offensive side, uh, but like I mentioned, I've seen Steve Green offenses, and this is not one of them. Um, this is this is something completely different. This is more like a play on the motion offense and um i'm pretty i'm pretty tired of the motion offense personally um but reed i want to ask you um if you could change one thing about the coaching decisions um you know what what would you do differently um, that you think would have just like an immediate impact, something, I mean, it could be big, like it could be benching someone. Um, it could just be letting Steve Green run the offense, you know, something as, as simple as that, you know, um, what do you think can really get this team over the hump? You know, I, there's probably a lot of different routes you could look at. And I don't think one or one is necessarily better or worse than another, but, uh, kind of bouncing off of the the roster shifting we did la- last night, I think we we look into starting a different five, maybe um, just to shake things up, get five fresh new faces out there, let them run for a little bit, see what happens. Um, you know, obviously it's not going to be your best five, I would say, but uh, you know, walk out there with five guys, see what happens, and then you got your starters on the bench and um, play them back to their normal role when you feel led to um, and kind of go from there. Honestly, I, I think it's you're at the point where whatever you do is not going to hurt your team much worse. Um, you've already lost eight straight games in conference. So, um, and, and may, I mean, beating LSU is not going to change your, your, your lookout as a team nationally. Uh, if you go in there and win by 20, I don't think it's really going to matter to anybody other than your, your own team. So, um, yeah, I mean, look into it, doing something like that and getting – I mean, you don't even have to do the whole five, I guess, really, honestly. You could just change, you know, two or three of them and just see what happens and see how they run together. And, um, I mean, they're, they're going to be on the road in an LSU arena that I can't imagine is really going to be a great atmosphere. So, you're going to have to be building your own momentum. You're going to have to be building your own kind of crowd noise on the bench. So, um I would look into doing something like that, obviously. And I, I mean, when it comes down to coaching, I, I don't think they're going to do something to change. Uh, at th- this point in the season, they're going to look to 
wait until after the year's over to do anything from a coaching standpoint, um, whether that's a change or a complete different uh, system that they're implementing. I don't think they're going to look to implement something right in the middle of the season like this. So I think what we have right now systematically is what we've got, whether we like it or not. But um, maybe if we, we run some different guys out there at different times and um, for different lengths of duration, we might uh, end up with a different product. I think that's a good that's a good idea, and I think that what a better time than right now, right? Like you mentioned, um, don't know what we're going to get from iMac or Pop in the next couple of games due to injury. Um, so I, I think that right now, um, I, I think that now would be perfect time to do that, um, especially if you don't have those guys for two or three games, four games. Um, it would be the perfect time to throw a bunch of different fives out there and just see what works. I mean, it, I mean, this sounds terrible to say, but it can't get any worse. It can't. Um, so I think that by, um, keeping these kids on the bench, keeping the young kids on the bench, um, you're kind of setting up for failure in my opinion. And, um, I think that, any number of fives uh, could work, um, but I think now's the time to start looking uh, and, and seeing what that looks like and um, who can play. And I think it's time to probably it's probably some it's probably time to uh, let these young kids shoot a little more. I think too. I think some of them probably don't have as strong a green light as as Pop does or as. Uh, Kevin O'Banner does, but uh, I think I think it's time that you start letting these kids who, like Elijah Fisher, in Elijah Fisher's case, there's a reason he's a top five or he's a five star prospect. Um, you know, he he reclassified and, and came in early, and and I think there's I think it's time to um, let the kid go, let him shoot, um, let him do his thing uh, on the offensive side. You know who knows some of these pe- some of these kids get to play their free flowing offensive game a little more. Maybe it causes them to want to play defense a little harder, and then you're you're kind of killing two birds with one stone in that sense. But uh, I like Reed's idea a lot, getting different fives out there and seeing um, what happens. Um, we're gonna go ahead and close out here um, again. Texas Tech takes on LSU uh, this Saturday, January twenty eighth at one p.m. on ESPNU followed by hosting uh, Iowa State at home Monday, January 30th at 8 p.m. on ESPN2. Um, we will have another episode out after that Iowa State game, which is, uh, which is in, I guess, four days on Monday, the 30th of January. Um, so we'll have another episode probably Wednesday, Thursday next week. So we can, uh, kind of go back over LSU and Iowa state and then look forward to the two road games of the following week against Baylor and Oklahoma state. Um, again, it's been Reed and Jack tonight with you. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in again. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Hopefully we're going to be recapping a tech win Granted, maybe not in conference, but uh, a win is a win. Gets us off the schneid. Uh, Thanks for listening. Wreck them.